Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kimball, and we got a really fun show lined up just because the band is back together. And I'm going to explain that in just a second. But first of all, I want to let you know where you can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube as well, at Hockey Royalty. And then on Twitter, we're also at Hockey underscore Royalty and at Royalty underscore Pod. Now, getting back to that band being back together. It's been a real long time since the original three have been able to do a show together. And guess what? We have arranged for it today because we want to talk some Kings hockey with you, the fans, and all three of us want to do it together. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in our panel. He is the editor-in-chief of HockeyRoyalty.com. He is the straw that stirs the drink around here. It's Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Scott. Doing well. Like you said, it's been a little while since we've all been together, so I'm excited to uh, kind of talk about the first week of Kings hockey. Absolutely. We got a lot to talk about that too. So 
But before we do that, I'm going to bring in the third amigo, the pyramid, of you will, of the hockey power that is hockey royalty. He is the prince of PDO. He's the count of Corsi. He is the emperor of all things analytics. It's Mr. Russell Morgan. What's going on, buddy? What's up, fellas? Yeah, it's good to have uh, Kings hockey and NHL hockey in general back and back and rearing up. It's been a fun uh, up and down week, I guess. So it's good to talk. A lot of things to talk about. Yeah, I'll tell you, if it's if the, the whole season is going to be anything like this first week has been, this is going to be a very entertaining overall season, not mm-hmm. just from a Kings perspective, but from an overall NHL standard or perspective. So anyways, let's get to those Kings, huh? We've got three games in the books. We got one win. We've got two losses. What's your thoughts? We'll start with you, Ryan. Couldn't really ask for much more on opening night. You know, Kopitar gets the hat trick. Uh, Philip to no scores, despite people saying that he can't score. <laughs> um, just a good overall effort from everyone around. I, you know, way to a good way to kick off the season. Um, Minnesota game. I didn't have a chance to watch it live, but I went back and watched it uh, on Sunday. Um, you know, Kings. Uh, you know, they controlled the puck fifty-three percent of the time, but they only got two goals to show for it. Um, uh, I said it last year when they played the Wild with the Wilds forechecking. It stood out to me, and I heard Jim Fox talk about it on the broadcast too. And you know, I obviously saw that again that they're they're still bringing that. Uh, intense pressure that just makes a uh, life difficult on the Kings in the intact in the attacking zone. And also just in their own zone, they could have had a, had a few uh, opportunities to clear their zone. They couldn't. Um, and then I guess looking back on the, the predator series or the, the predators game, um, let's say that was a, a letdown, you know, the predators were owing to um, we took one of their guys this off season, Victor Arvidsson is his first game back. Uh, at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. And except for maybe like a 10-minute stretch in the second period, uh, you know, Nashville had the puck the entire game. Absolutely. Russ, what did you see? I think we might have to rename the team to the Los Angeles Kopitars <laughs> featuring Drew Doughty. That's pretty much all it's been. Um, but like you mentioned, the first game was, I mean, Todd McClellan said it best himself. Couldn't have scripted it any better. I mean, you saw – just all the Kings just dominated purely throughout the game. And it was really um, just kind of cool to see from a Kings perspective. I mean, if you're a fan of the game, I mean, you saw the Dodgers win during the intermission. I mean, just all in all, it was just a great night. So it was a high that Kings fans were riding going into Saturday. And then kind of Saturday was kind of like, okay, well, these are the Kings that we remember from last season or the last few seasons. And then even some parts of the national game, but I, I will say, I think the Kings have actually been playing pretty good, even though they've lost these last couple of games. I mean, defensively, they haven't given up more than three goals this season in the three games. So to give up two goals against the Predators that are kind of in that rebuild mode almost, I mean, yeah, and then lose that game two to one, that's a little disappointing. And there were stretches, like you mentioned, Ryan, where there really wasn't a lot going on. And in the wild game, I mean, that's just, just a team that has had the Kings number the last few seasons. So I mean, defensively, there's a lot to like from the Kings. It's just offensively, there's only really one line that's driving the play, and that's Kopitar's line. And, yeah, and just to yeah. throw, just to uh, piggyback off what you said, you know, the Kings had a 43.7 Corsi four percentage against the Preds. They're yeah, chasing yeah. the puck only. Chasing the puck, and that's exactly it. Was it was just illustrated? You, it was really not that hard to see. Just a lot. The puck was in their own zone 
quite a bit throughout. I mean, defensively, though, I, I did like how they were able to keep the puck to the outside because there wasn't really a lot of high-danger chances for the Predators, which is, which is good to see for a defense that is kind of like coming together. You have Alex Edler's just getting his mold. You still have some young players in Mikey Anderson and Tobias Bjornfoto playing the left side. I mean, Mikey had that one play where he got walked on yeah. um, from, I think it was Forsberg. That was a little disappointing to see. He might need to work on those one-on-one defensive plays a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, from a defensive standpoint, you kind of like it. But it's just offensively, there just still is there's still a work in progress, and there's still a lot to improve on. But I think it's been – I mean, besides the one and two record, I think it's been a pretty good start for L.A. Yeah, but, I got to tell you, you know, after watching that Vegas game, I was so excited. I'm like, Wow. Somebody just put a magic wand over these guys and turned them into the Tampa Bay Lightning all of a sudden, right? <laughs> and, and then, yeah, and then, you know, Minnesota comes to town, and it's like, oh, those damn wild. You yeah. know? It's like they're the kryptonite for the Kings. And then that, that Nashville game, I mean, I know we were up one to nothing in the second or going into the end of the second period, but they really had no – I mean, Cal Peterson held them in. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the, the worst part is, is you see bad habits coming back, mm-hmm. Right especially in the defensive zone, not moving their feet. That was driving me crazy watching that. And I'll tell you why. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead because it is only three games in, so it's really absolutely not a time to panic just yet. But did you guys see as that broadcast was going off the air, the last shot on TV was Rob Blake. And if you saw the fire in his eyes, he was not happy after watching that game. And I want to bring something up because, again, way too early, but just remember something, guys. We always talk about players being in contract years. Rob Blake's in a contract year. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something. If this goes on for, you know, say the month of October and into November, I have a feeling we're going to see changes quicker than we thought. I don't know if I agree uh, with that. Yeah, the, I don't, thing, I would... the thing is, is like, we've talked about this, Scott, too. The, the, there's, a, there's a lot of players really on this team that probably aren't going to be on this team even come next season. And really the foundation that Rob Blake has built still really hasn't come up yet. I mean, we still haven't even seen Quentin Byfield this season. He barely played six games last year. And I'm starting to join your bandwagon, Scott, with thinking Byfield might play the whole year with the LA Kings if, they, if he comes back healthy. So, I mean, right now, I mean, the fourth line just, I mean, I thought actually last the last game against Spreaders, I thought I actually played pretty well. And Tom yeah, McClellan thought the same. And he even mentioned them as actually they were the third line over the Velarde line, which was yeah, actually the Velarde almost, line was a disappointment. Yeah, it's it, it's been and it's problem. And Velarde has been kind of a disappointment this year. And it's just whenever he loses the, his little bash brother, whether it be Martin Furk or Elias Anderson, now <laughs> he just goes invincible. And it's kind of it's disappointing to see after the preseason that he had. Well, I guess I should clarify that a little bit. What I mean by changes is, like, I, if this keeps going, I think you'll probably see kids getting called up from Ontario sooner than we thought is basically what I'm, I'm not saying that he's going to blow the entire team up. Mm-hmm. But what I am seeing is you won't see status quo in the lineup either. Yeah, I think you've got to look at players like Adrian Kempe. And that's that's a player that the Kings have really been looked upon looked on to bring some sort of offense. And I have a fun stat for you guys that I can share later on the show. But um, that's, that's a player that's been playing in the top six for the last few seasons, and he's – really hasn't been there offensively so in terms of Rob Blake making changes you got to look at a player like that that I mean I kind of get what you're saying where maybe we might see some big roster moves I'm still on board with the Jack Eichel trade you know you guys know that so who knows maybe there is that big move coming yeah but I mean so far through the first three games Andre Kopitar eight points um, Dustin Brown three points 
Victor Arvidsson, two points. That's 13 points out of 27 total. You know, that's mm-hmm. half the team's points. Yeah, exactly. And there's only been nine goals scored and for the Kings in total. And I, I noted it. And then Dowdy's been in on seven of them. I was so. going to say, I, I noted it. I noted it in a recent piece, but if you take away Dowdy's points, the top line of the Kings is accounting for 65% of the team's output. Mm-hmm. Can't have that. Can't have no. that. No. And, and again, it goes right back to old habits. And that's that's yep. not going to be – that's not going to work. It's not going to work if this continues all season. Uh, you got to have contributions up and down the line. Uh, however, we do want to talk about maybe there are some surprises after all. Uh, we started to touch on it a little bit, but Russ, what do you think are some of the surprises that we've seen so far out of the first three games of the season? I think one of the bigger surprises has been the impact of Alex Edler. I, I, I think a lot of us thought of him more as like kind of like a platoon guy. Maybe you'll play some bottom six or bottom three defensive pairing minutes, but he's had more minutes than I think Tobias Bjornfoot and um, Matt Roy the last couple of games. So, and it's not just the impact he's had on the ice for himself. It's the impact he's had on Sean Walker's game. Because if you notice in the first few games, Sean Walker's been really aggressive in, mm-hmm. in the offensive zone or the defensive zone, whether it be taking the puck up ice from his own zone into the offensive zone or just being a little bit more creative as far as offensively. Um, and is and, and that's the impact that Alex Edler brings. I mean, he's that veteran presence that the Kings have been lacking on the left side. And he's more he's now more known as that defensive kind of defensive defenseman so if you compare that with a player like sean walker who has some great skating ability who had a really good world championships in lafia i think that's a good pairing that the kings maybe becomes the second pairing defenseman later on the season yeah what do you think ryan um i mean i think leading into the season we all expected um Andre Kopitar to have a significant impact on Victor Arvidsson's game, but so far it's been kind of the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Arvidsson's been, he assisted on Kopitar's hat trick. Um, and those two have just kind of gelled well together. Another guy um, been impressed with and Ross will love it is uh, Kachif. Mm-hmm. He looks like he fits. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Definitely. I'll tell you what surprises me is I did not think that Leas Anderson was this much of an impact player. <laughs> Maybe our best four checker. Yeah. Since he's been out, the, 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 the third line especially just kind of went kaput. And uh, it's it's quite amazing that for a guy who was well written off by some, turns out he is pretty much a heck of a player. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the sooner, obviously, the sooner he gets back, the better off the Kings are going to be because – you guys are right. There, there is no forechecking presence right now. After that Vegas game, it, it just—it's like they forgot, <laughs> and uh, yeah. that that needs to come back for them to be successful. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, so, oh, and and by the way, I just want to say too that Cal Peterson has been absolutely outstanding so yeah, far. Yeah, he has. Yeah, it's a shame he took a loss on his birthday. I know, right? <laughs> Especially in Nashville, that would have been a great place for him to celebrate. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So is there anything else you'd like, you guys would like to see anything more out of the Kings or is this just kind of a, a bump in the road that they're going to straighten it out? Uh, they got to be better on the faceoffs, you know, 40% against uh, um, the Predators. I think Philip Deneau led the way with 58%. Blake Lazat was second with 57. Kopitar was 30%. They started looking toward uh, Deneau uh, in the kind of the second half of that game to take the most to the faceoffs since he was hot in that area, but you know, you don't win the face-offs. You're not getting the puck. That leads to a 
under 44% puck possession rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see, that. I'd like to see some lineup changes. I think, and I don't mean new players coming in or new players coming out. I think the little lines need to be shuffled a little bit. And I'll start with, I'll start with the obvious one is the Velarde line. And like you mentioned, Scott, the impact on that, uh, Leah Anderson had on Velarde's game has been more profound than we all really could have imagined to start the season. He just really, he and Kachev have really just been invincible. This, I mean, this start of the season. And Kachev got those good uh, points in the first game, which is great to see. I mean, I've always touted him as a, he's an offensive specialist. He's a power play specialist. That's what he brings to the Kings. And, but the thing is when, when Anderson went down and you saw Kaliev paired with those two, I just, I mean, first of all, I, it sounds great on paper. I mean, you have Arthur Kaliev's great shot with Velarde, who's who's somewhat of a playmaker, and he's he's got a good shot himself, and Kachev, who's a great playmaker. I just didn't really see it working. I mean, those three players all need space in order for themselves to operate well. And without Anderson or a good forechecker on that line, there's really no one creating space for them. So, And you kind of saw that happening in the first couple of games, and then all of a sudden Kaliev comes off, and you did put a forechecker on that line and Trevor Moore. Mm-hmm. But I think we're getting to the point where we need to see Gabe Velarde on the wing. I think it's just coming. And I think once Byfield is inserted into the lineup when he's healthy, I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. But as far as the the other lineup, I mean, Adrian Kempe has got to be moved off to Noah's line. There's just there's just there's a sh- a ton of volume, but there's just no activity as far as goal scoring or high danger chances or anything like that. I found a cool stat. You know, me and my stat, my numbers. <laughs> that line of Iafalo, Kempe, and Deneau is actually leading the NHL in shots for per sixty with forty one point nine one. Let's go. But, but their shooting percentage <laughs> is three point nine two percent. Yeah, that's abysmal. That's horrible. So the Kings, in general, as a whole, since two thousand eighteen, are thirtieth in the league in shooting percentage at seven point one eight percent. So. Volume isn't an issue. They've always been able, they've always right. been a Corsi team. They've always been able to get those shots on net, but they just really haven't had that sniper or really had that ability f- to find the net. And that's been a problem. And with the way that the lineup is configured, especially that second line, who's really going to score goals? Deneau's always going to drive play. He's a playmaking, he's a play driver. That's what he's been. That's what he was in Montreal. He was able to set up goals for Brendan Gallagher. But now you have I follow who's really more of a four checker. He's not much of a scorer. I mean, he can put the, the dirty goals in the net. But Kempe, he his shooting percentage since 2018 too is really bad. It's five percent, like five point eight five percent. That's not great. And so to have him being played with Deneau, who's able to drive play and not really being able to put the puck in the net, I think you have to bring Kempe down to play with Velarde. If Kempe is able to bring some more speed bring some more intensity along with Filardi. I think that's another aspect and maybe put Kachev up, who is that offensive playmaker, who can drive in open space. And that's what Phil Deneau brings. He can make open space for other players. I mean, the way he's able to spin in, in tight spaces and still control the puck and fiend off defenders is really cool to see. And I, I didn't really notice that much, I mean, when he was playing in Montreal. But now that right. I've been watching him play on the Kings, that's been a really cool aspect to see. And so I, I just think some lineup changes are need to be made. You know, I, I think to, I could probably stick handle inside of a washing machine. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's really how cool. about I, uh, I like Edler's uh, um, move without a stick up against the end boards, just kind of oh, shuffling his skate? 
that was that was uh it's something you probably don't see from a, a young player you know his veteran presence there allowed him just to kind of stay cool calm and collected and okay i guess i gotta kick it over to Deneau who's going the other way <laughs> you know, i want to piggyback a little bit on what you just said russ as far as taking and i and i agree and i totally agree with you about getting Kempe off that line but you know what i think actually kaliev would be a really good candidate for that think about what he brings to that line right Dano drives play. Ayafalo is that vicious four checker who creates room. Mm-hmm. That line needs a shooter. Mm-hmm. What does Arthur Kaliev do best? He shoots the puck. And, you, and you're right. You know, I've been thinking about everything because, you know, we listeners, we talk in the background, of course, all every day, all day. Right. And you said, you know, he's looked a little bit timid out there. And you're right. He has. He's not shooting the puck like he should be. But I think given the opportunity and put him in the role that he's meant to be in. Guys, let's face it. Arthur Kaliev is not a bottom six player. He's not going to be the guy that's going to go out and grind for you. That's just not his game. But his game is firing the puck. And given the opportunity, and like I said, I think the Deneau line would be a great spot for him. If it doesn't work out, and give him some time, too. You can't just put him in up there for one or two games and say, oh, he didn't score any goals, that's it. Back to Ontario for you, you know. Give him 10, 15 games on that line. Give him, give him a little bit of time to get some chemistry developed with these guys. And I think you're going to see some pretty good things. I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. I mean, if you look at the first two, I mean, Andre Kobitar has, has been is an all-worldly NHL player. I mean, he can make anyone he plays with around him better. And Phil Deneau is kind of that same similar type player. I mean, if we mm-hmm. if you look at his advanced metrics the last few years, he's been that superstar coursey play-driving player. And so you don't really have to worry about players that play with him. I mean, if you just play any type, any real sniper next to him, you have to just imagine that goals are going to be scored. And if he's able to bring that kind of passing ability and playmaking ability with him, pair him with the Arthur Kaliev and see what happens. I mean, Kaliev, like I mentioned, like you said, Scott, he looks timid out there. And that, and I think that has to do a lot with when he was playing with Velarde, who also looks kind of timid when he is kind of has to play that more alpha type role on that line. Cause it, and playing at the start of the season, he's playing with players that have Arthur Kaliev has one game played under his belt. Vladimir Kachev has no games played under his belt. So he's right. the veteran presence on that line. That's really that really isn't gonna work. So if you play maybe an Arthur Kaliev with the Phil Deneau, I think that has the potential to be a really good line. I mean, if Phil Deneau is able to continue that play driving force that he is that he has already with Kempe and I follow, bring Kempe down. Have him bring that more intensity and speed and forechecking ability down to Velarde, and then put Kaliev up. Just see what happens. I mean, we need some more scoring. That just scoring needs to happen, and that's the that's always been an issue for the Kings for the last few years, and that continues to be an issue, I guess, just for the last couple of games. Yeah. But so we'll see yeah. what happens. And just to kind of come full circle with this, Russ, uh, I pulled this up this morning via natural stat trick. Kings are sixth in the league in Corsi four percentage at fifty five point two percent. They're 16th in the league in expected goal four percentage uh, at 51.3. So they, well, the the Corsi four is obviously heavily skewed by um, the Vegas game. 65.3 Corsi four. Uh, you know they 53 against the Wild and then just under 44 against the Preds. But to your point, they have to score more goals. Um, mm-hmm. Even Kopitar's goal against the Predators. Uh, it's from above the left dot, guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not not up, not right up against the net, right? Right, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, guys, I mean, the good news is there are still more games we played, many more games we played. And the Kings are in the midst of a four-game road trip. So Friday night, they're going to be touching down in Dallas, Texas to take on the Stars. And then after that, they play a pair of games against the Blues in St. Louis. So let's do a little quick preview of those games. Guys, what do you think is going to be uh, – think we're going to see any lineup changes for the Dallas game, and what's your thoughts? I think we will see some line maneuvering. It, it looked like from um, Dooley's uh, article that he posted yesterday, it looked like there was a little bit of a change in maybe the groups that were skating together. I think Phil Deneau and uh, Victor Arvidsson and Drew Doughty all had maintenance days, so they were on the ice. So that maybe could have had a little bit of an impact. But I think from what McClellan mentioned after the game the other day, like he said, that fourth line that was Lazat, Grunstrom, and Kupari, he looked at it more as the third line. So just that statement right there kind of gives me reason to believe that there is going to be some lineup maneuvering. Um, I, maybe you give Kupari a look maybe a little bit longer, or maybe that line gets a little bit more minutes. Who knows? But I, th- I think that's just a, a something that we should look forward to um, these next couple of games and uh, on the road. But uh, I, it's just hard because we don't want to overreact. There's only been three games, obviously. The first game was great. The last two games, so-so. So it, I don't know if maybe they're just kind of taking this road trip to kind of give a feel on where they are and then kind of go from there. So who knows? Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. I actually would be interested to see Kupari get a shot at, at 4C, fourth-line center, just to see what he could do. Um, yeah. You're right. I mean, it's it's way too early to panic. I think what, what really kind of grinds everybody's gears is that these past two games, as you see, the old kings that everybody wants to, to right. move on from. Uh, Ryan, what's your thoughts? I mean, against Dallas, it's a team that kind of leans on their defense right now. I mean, Radic Faxa is their leading point scorer with four points. Um, Just a quick rundown here. They're 27th in the league in power play, 10%. Granted, this is, you know, three, four-game sample size. Um, 16th in the league in penalty kill, 80%. 7th in faceoffs at 54.2. Goals for, they're second to last, 1.75. Goals allowed per game, they're sixth at 2.25. They're not generating a ton of offense, but they're keeping the goal out of the back of the net. So if the Kings can figure out how to um, kind of drive the play and score, you know, they should be able to take this game. It's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, on the back-to-backs uh, Friday and Saturday, it's going to be like night and day of the team that they're going to see. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. St. Louis being undefeated so far. Too. I mean, they yeah, I'll really jump good. into the Blues a little bit, but the Blues are just so balanced. They got Jordan Cairo, who's got seven points. Justin Falk along the blue line with four. He jumped down to Barbashev with three, Perron three, O'Reilly three. You know where I'm going, three, three, three. Uh, it's just very balanced. It's not like the Kings where you have uh, eight, seven, then a big drop-off to three, and then two <laughs> and, and one like that. But, um, you know. Uh, the Blues right now through the first three games, they're 3-0, and mind you. Uh, they're second in the league with five goals per game. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're, they're playing very well. Um, you know, it, it's – I think the Kings have at least got to get a, three more points out of this road trip somehow, some way. Uh, you really don't want to, you know, go back to Staples Center having a, a very unsuccessful road trip, especially the way it started. Again, we've said it a thousand times already, too early to panic. But you also don't want to go into a tailspin early and get yourself into a hole either. Guys, any final thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, just to reiterate further on what, what I mentioned earlier, I think it's just the Kings are really just a two-line team at this point. I mean, even with with Kopitar and Deneau leading, those, leading the charge in the first two lines, Kopitar is obviously scoring a lot of points right now and making a lot of people at NHL Network a little bit kind of upset with not leaving him <laughs> off the top 50 list, but that's here for another day. Uh, it's just, it's just, there's just lack of depth scoring. And that's just been the issue the last few years. And um, McClellan mentioned after the Vegas game that you didn't really see that drop off after going to the third or fourth lines, but now we're starting to see that drop off. And it's almost, almost like a cliff at this point. Um, the fourth line really is, is it, they're, they're doing well and bringing some energy. They're doing what fourth line should do in terms of getting pucks deep and causing some havoc in the offensive zone. That's fine. But with Lee Sanderson off that third line, there's just really nothing coming from Volardi's line. So that's why I'm envisioning some lineup changes to move. And who knows? Hopefully we see it. And they have, they've had a couple of days now in Dallas. So I know today we're recording this before the practice practice report's coming out. So who knows? Maybe we do see some lineup changes because I would like to see Kempe be brought down to that third line and see maybe even like a Kachev moved up to second line or even like you mentioned, Scott, a Kaliev. Get a, get a look with Deneau because Deneau, whoever Deneau will play with, he's going to help them out. I mean, look what look what look how the Montreal Canadiens have started. They're what zero and four, zero and three. I mean, that's been the Phil Deneau effect. They really have no one able to help drive play for them right now. So I don't know. It's just I, I just I would like to see some lineup changes, and that's kind of what I, it was. What I thought was weird during the training camp is there there would really not a lot of tinkering as far as seeing what other chemistry was able to be created they really kind of just stuck to one line or the lines that they had and just kind of stuck to it and they didn't really try it out even further well another another thing to know guys is i think uh pavel buchnevich has one game left on his suspension yeah so, i don't think he'll be there no nah, yeah, yeah. the the blues next game is against the kings on saturday um so it obviously didn't stop them from scoring three goals on vegas no. last night but <laughs> Not uh, at all. If, if there's yeah. any positive we can take away, we want to see him for the first game. That's right. Yeah, that Vegas, is right. Vegas is in trouble. They are in. Yeah, trouble. they are. They are in deep doo doo. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's no doubt about. I mean, you know, granted, injuries happen to everybody, but you know, all of a sudden, this team that everybody you know was thought was a perennial you know favorite for the cup mm-hmm. suddenly doesn't look so uh, invincible anymore. Their uh, their depth's being exposed, to say the mm-hmm. least. Yep. Um, just some real quick breaking news before we sign off here. Uh, former King Jeff Carter is now in the COVID protocol. Uh, Coach Sullivan said he's asymptomatic, but um, so get well soon, Carts. Uh, wish you the best. So I think that's it. Uh, again, we got King's game Friday night in Dallas, and then for a pair of games against the Blues, let's hope we do better. And it was great to see you guys again to have the band back together. It was uh, we got to do this more often. We really let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But for now, we're going to sign off. And before I go, I just want to remind everybody that we do have an Ontario Rain podcast called Making It Rain. So check that out for all the latest. New podcast. This will come out Friday morning, but new podcast came out uh, yesterday. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, and Joe and Randon do a great job. So check that out. All right. So for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go Kings, go. Go Kings. (laughs) 